We here at Stormdar Weather are not associated with the National Weather Service or any other professional weather service agency. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a matter that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Luna. And I'm Corey Taylor. And we need to tell you we're recording this on Tuesday, August 29th. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Yeah, we have a we have a very active, uh, what looks like to be an active tropical season. Yeah, they're popping up. There's a, I, I saw this morning, there's another disturbance uh, just coming off of the Cape Verde Islands, off mm-hmm. of Africa, mm-hmm. and it's got, an, I think, an 80% chance of becoming a tropical cyclone. It's definitely here. something to watch. Yeah, and of course, Harvey, we're going to get really into Harvey a little bit later in the podcast, but what just happened, we missed our podcast last week because Corey and I were enjoying the uh, wonders of astronomy, the big eclipse. That was great. It was. I really enjoyed so, that. Uh, what'd y'all do? I went up to Sedalia. We found us a uh, city park up there. Actually, we got us a room there the night before. Found us a city park the next day. Let the kids play, and we sat on a bench and relaxed and looked at the sun. You actually found a hotel room. I found a ho- hotel room. I, I didn't. Adva- I didn't book the in advance. <laughs> yeah. I found it the day of. Somehow, someone must have canceled because there were no other. Hotel rooms, uh, border to border in Missouri, for sure. Yeah, that's amazing because all I heard was, you know, hotel rooms were filling up fast, and the closer it got to the date, then the more expensive the hotel rooms were. Yeah, it and turns out Sedalia was a bit the great place to see it because there were storms to the north, clouds everywhere. We had a great view where we were. Yeah, and that was the big. Uh, issue everybody was having you know with our our cloud watch forecast and we were watching the storm prediction center and the local national weather service offices and and they kept going back and forth well the models want to bring in clouds well maybe not so i think uh the people in st joseph kansas city area kind of got the bad end of the deal because it was just pouring we could see storms and lightning to our northeast so it was kind of a neat thing. We had storms in the sky. We had an eclipse in the sky. And we also had stealth bombers flying around. Oh, you did? It's real close to Whitman Air Force Base up there. Oh, right. Yeah. And that's where they are uh, take off and land. And that's just where they're housed there. So it was a pretty cool experience. So what what'd you all do? I mean, you just get out there and with your cameras and your glasses and just wait for the big that's moment. exactly and- what we did. We let the kids play. At first, we were in the Walmart parking lot, but there was too much traffic. And there was a lot of people coming in just to watch the eclipse. Yeah. We had one pair of eclipse glasses for the five of us. Oh. <laughs> so I thought, well, let's just go find a city park. So I just brought up my iPhone, brought up the GPS, went to the closest city park. It was beautiful. I had ponds and creeks and bridges and, and playground equipment for the kids. So we just found a bench and relaxed and had a great time. Oh, that's great. Because I, I know you got a chance to post uh, on our Stormdar page the uh, the actual totality when it happened that was the coolest thing i think i've ever seen actually 
complete well, darkness and the, and the crickets and the the birds you could tell it felt like dark it felt like night for and it was only a minute and a half in sedalia we didn't get the whole two minutes where we were uh-huh well yeah i mean and i i heard too like in totality if you look there's there was like a 360 sunset type of thing there was on. there it was it was light uh, on the horizon because no matter where you're at if you're in the middle of the totality area well, you're just 35 miles on each side of not being uh, a total lunar, a total solar eclipse, but a partial. So the the horizon was lit up all around you. That's got to be amazing. I didn't get a chance to go in totality, but I did get a chance to spend it with my mother in Springfield, cool. and and uh, you know we were out there. She was looking at a live stream on her from NASA or somebody on her iPad, and. And I kept telling her she's going to use up my data because she doesn't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> but it really wasn't that much. I, I got plenty of data now. And uh, so we, we had, one, again, one pair of sunglasses uh, or eclipse glasses between the two of us. And so we'd take turns. We'd go out in the yard and look up. And, and I tried. And of course, we were not in totality, but it did get dark. And the one strange thing, at least for me, when we were in the partial... It, it kept getting dimmer and dimmer, and about five after one, six after one, it it was just dark enough that I thought I had my sunglasses on, so I kept reaching up to my glasses to take my sunglasses off and realize, wait a minute, there's I don't have sunglasses. This is actually the darker. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, and the, the cicadas kicked up uh, for about, oh, five minutes. You know, again, it wasn't mm-hmm. a, a total... They were going for a good 20, 30 minutes up there. It took a while for oh, it wow. to, you know, get dark. The cicadas actually started before I noticed it getting dark. Oh, really? Kind of fun, funny to me. And I could hear them off in the distance. I go, that, that sounds like cicadas. Do you hear that? And sure enough, but, but as soon as it really got dark, you couldn't hardly talk. They were so loud. No kidding. It was kind of freaky. Uh-huh. And when it got dark... It was it wasn't a gradual darkness. You had like a, a diamond ring type shape up there. Uh-huh. Because there there are craters and mountains on the moon and even though the sun or the moon was completely over the sun, it was still shining through those valleys. Well when it covered those valleys, it went off like a light switch. That that's weird because my buddy Ray was up there close to Sedalia and and he said it, it was really strange. It was right before the 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 actual totality came on. He said it was like like when a light bulb burns out. Uh-huh. You know, it just that, a big flash. Yeah, and then bang, and then it was just and then quiet. The whole city, you could just hear it from from everywhere. It just started erupting and applauding, and it was just really cool, <laughs> like like a big show. Yeah, it was like someone hit a home run, and we're we're watching the moon. It was great. Oh man, well you know, there's another one coming in, and I I see people. Advertising it now online uh, in 2024. It's a big for tourism, let me tell you. Hot Springs is hitting it hard. Problem is, it's in April, our stormy season. Oh, our cl- perfect. Our rainy season. Yeah. You know? So you yeah. just never know. Oh, man. Well, at least this one is going to be closer it is. to to far. Branson. Uh, I think I've got a map. I'm, I'm going to post that map uh, at some point. Remind me if I don't. But it's coming up from... Texas going through Arkansas, like through maybe Fort Smith, Fayetteville into yeah. Southern Missouri. You so have to drive that far. I mean, south of Harrison. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah. Oh, sure. 
Yeah, I don't know if it'll be as dynamic. I mean, this everybody was talking about this one being the eclipse of the century. Well, it was. Well, I know, but I mean, I'm hoping... Because we haven't had one for a century. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> in America, where we can see it. Now, there have been... There's total eclipses all the time, but just not to where we can see them. Yeah, that's right. And, and also, I've noticed, uh, after I've been reading, that this is the first one in, I don't know how many dozens, hundreds of years that has gone through the, oh, that's good, <laughs> through the actual, all through the continental United States, from the East Coast all the way pretty much to, or West Coast all the way to the East Coast. It was a wide area. Everybody got to enjoy it. I'm, I'm glad that I got to take the kids out of school. We took off work, and I'm glad we did. I don't I don't regret it at all. Yeah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch the next one there. Well, let's get to the meat of this podcast. Uh, Hurricane Harvey. Wow. <laughs> what an unusual storm. This thing, uh, it, it models did a pretty good job of forecasting it, coming up from the Gulf, slowing down, and, and then actually going on land. But once it got on land, models didn't really know what to do with it. You know, it was like a like, like the in-law that you don't want you know, don't don't like, and they come and they stay, and you don't know what to do with them. Well, let's so. go back a few days with Harvey. Okay. Harvey formed, and it formed into a tropical storm. Uh huh. And then it was a tropical depression, and then it kind of fell apart into some remnants. That's and right. Yeah. Right about then, everybody was thinking, well, there's a chance it might form into a tropical storm before it hits Houston. Now they knew it was going to rain in Houston, mm -hmm. and they knew. They were thinking maybe 15 to 20 inches of rain just with a tropical storm. Right. But within 24 hours, we had a Category 3, a Category 4 hurricane, and I didn't see it coming. I honestly didn't. I don't, th I don't think a lot of people – a lot of people did. I mean, we – I mean, this is perfect weather. August – uh, into September is pretty much the height of hurricane season, but you know those kind of systems they get they they tap into that just that right amount of moisture and heat over the water. That, and that Gulf is warm right now. It's very warm, yeah. And then and and it just exploded. And and I they were saying category three, category three, and then maybe category four, and it just tapped into that right. and that was just devastating but but the big story on that is it slowed down it you know, as forecasted moved on shore and just set and set and set and the poor people of houston i mean our hearts just go out to them i mean i think the last count uh they're approaching 50 inches of rain 50 inches and I, I, it's just unbelievable, and and it's drifted now. Now this was a few days ago, so now today is Tuesday. It is, it is drifted back out over the Gulf. It's not in open water. It's 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 about ten miles, I guess. I mean, it it's on water, and some expected strengthening. And that's just the center of the storm. That yeah, just I mean, it's right. still raining. Oh yeah, in hundreds of miles around sure. that circulation, but uh, it did strengthen slightly. Uh, winds got uh, from 40 miles an hour sustained to 45 miles an hour sustained. The pressure did drop from 1,000 millibars to 997 millibars, and that's that's what we watch is the central minimum pressure. Whenever that pressure goes down, that means the storm is ramping up. But the good news is, it it's it's stayed right there. It's not getting any stronger. 
Um, and uh, right now, as of one o'clock today, Tuesday the 29th, uh, this, the Hurricane National Hurricane Center has its movement north northeast at eight miles an hour. So this thing is now it's starting, starting to, pick to take up off. Speed a bit. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to make yet a third landfall now. Yeah. <laughs> is this three or four? Eight I'm not miles sure. an hour. That's about how fast it was when it initially made landfall before it slowed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's picking it's picking up speed now. That's not fast by any means right no. now. But it'll start to pick up speed, you know, even more than that here pretty quick. Oh yeah. And and now we've got a, a weather pattern setting up. So this thing is going to be catching uh some of the upper air patterns. So once it does move on shore, then then it is going to act like a typical hurricane is going to decrease into a tropical depression. Uh the winds are going to slow below thirty nine miles an hour. Um, there's still going to be a circulation, uh, and, and the damage and, uh, has already been done. Damage has been done. And also those poor people, in New Orleans, what's happened is the storm has gone now down into, uh, the Gulf of Mexico, but it's heading eastward now, kind of eastward, northeastward. And it's going to go up, uh, probably over the Lake Charles area. And we all know that the worst part of any tropical system is on that eastern, northeastern quadrant, because that's where with the circulation starts picking up all this warm air and then it, you get convective activity, uh, s- brief spin up tornadoes. Um, uh, but because Harvey has decided to decrease a little bit, the storm prediction center, uh, has deemed that the tornado threat has gone down. So they did not issue okay. another tornado watch. Uh, but new Orleans, um, you're under the gun for some heavy rain. It's, uh, it's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be catastrophic in New Orleans, but you're going to get get some rain out of this thing. And it's got to be bad for New Orleans to go through this, especially today because it's the 12th anniversary of Katrina making landfall. Oh man, that uh, yeah, 12th anniversary. So 12 years ago today, they had Katrina hit, and uh, Katrina was nothing to to sneeze at. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, what Katrina came on shore, it was, it was lower, like a depression, uh, kicked up to a category five. And it was then a monster storm there for a while. It was. And, and then kind of decreased a little bit, but still the tremendous amount of rain. I think Katrina, what, what did we, what did we find out? Five to 10 inches? Five to 10 inches. Yeah. Which dwarfs what Harvey is doing right it's now. It's not even comparable. Uh, I, I did read where, uh, the rain that has fallen in Houston from Harvey is three times what has fallen, what fell on New Orleans and Katrina. Of course, Holy New Orleans cow. is flat. It's under sea level, some of it. That's right, yeah. You know, they have all those cemeteries that are, you bury the body. You don't bury the body. You, they're, they're above ground mm-hmm. because it's below sea level. See, they don't need that. I mean, rain is good. This much rain is ungood, as my friend Marty says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, uh, some other s- statistics. Uh, what I have, it, last night I was reading on CNN, uh, Harvey has dumped a staggering 15 trillion gallons of water over Texas. And over 62 counties were under a disaster declaration. Now, that's changed a little bit today. I, this morning, I saw there were 58 counties under disaster declaration and it's still raining so you can probably add another couple of trillion uh, oh, sure. to that i mean i can't even fathom by the time it's all over you're gonna have louisiana in the disaster area you're gonna have texas up to who knows where uh just just 
an unimaginable amount of water. It, yeah, and, and Harvey also set an all-time continental rainfall record of 49 inches so far. That's just as of today. That's as of today, and it could be it could be 50. This was this morning when I got that. And just for a weird comparison, the average annual annual rainfall for Springfield is 45 inches. Mm. So so Texas has seen a lot more than Springfield's annual rainfall. It's doubling Houston's rainfall for the year. I have a little comparison. It's okay. not 49 inches, but if 32 inches of rain fell on the Lake of the Ozarks watershed, that volume of water would be enough to completely fill the lake twice. Oh, my And that's just gosh. 32 inches. That's just 32. That's just 32 inches. So we're almost doubling if, at that in Texas. Yes. Unreal. That's crazy. And I was going to do the calculation about Olympic-sized swimming pools. Uh, I wanted wanted to know how many Olympic-sized swimming pools would would it take to have 15 trillion gallons of water. But we'll do that later. Wow. <laughs> so the forecast as of this morning, you know, we always talk about forecast models, and they're get they're coming in much better agreement now. I mean, a couple of days ago, they had no idea where this thing was going to go. Well, we thought maybe Southern Missouri would get some of this, possibly uh, some other models were pushing, putting it over the boot heel. Uh, some were taking over central Tennessee, but now the GFS wants to take it into the boot heel. But the, the Canadian model and the NAM want to take it into western Tennessee. The European model and the NAVGEM, they want to take it into central. So take a consensus of all that. It looks like probably western Tennessee, that's where the center is going. Uh, we're still going to have a lot of wraparound from that hurricane. So we, you know, for Branson... Uh, the jury's still out right now. I mean, I don't think we're going to really get a lot from this. I mean, there may be some cool clouds. <laughs> I don't think we'll get much of anything. No, in Miami, Oklahoma, I mean... South and to yeah. the east. South, yeah, south and east. So Miami, you won't get anything. Branson, maybe not. Uh, again, we're just going to have to watch this over a couple of days. Uh, but that's this is going to lead us right into our weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. And this week's weather school is all about the Saffir-Simpson scale, which is a, a measure of the damage hurricanes can do. Kind of like for tornadoes, the enhanced Fujita scale, but it's for hurricanes. That's right. That's right. Um, I think we need to start. I got this out of order. Uh, let's start with what is considered a tropical storm. A tropical storm has maximum sustained winds from 39 miles an hour to 73 miles an hour. So anywhere within that range is the, the storm would have a category of a tropical storm. Now, we've got to mention that this is a one-minute average. So when the hurricane hunters go in there and they start analyzing everything, they measure the winds for one minute and get an average out of that. And, and that's by, where they come into and that. And by hurricane hunters, you mean they actually fly a plane over the storm. It's really cool. Over the storm or right in the right. middle of it. I, I couldn't do that. And I tell you, they have on YouTube, they have uh, reconnaissance uh, hurricane hunter videos and sometimes i will spend 30 or 40 minutes just sitting there watching mm -hmm. so i encourage you to go you know if you're interested in how the hurricane hunters do this and they're so calm 
the, yeah. the pilots and everybody in there are like, okay, they got their instruments. They're throwing, going, you know, how many hundreds of miles an hour directly into this storm and wind, and it's just crazy and bouncing. They're like, okay, well, here we go. <laughs> pilots are generally calm, and they have to be. They don't get their adrenaline pumping. But if you mix flying a plane with storm chasing, I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> I, oh, man. That, oh, no. I couldn't do that. I'd rather stay here at the helm. Yeah. So anyway, that is a tropical storm. Now, when the winds get above 73 miles an hour, it becomes a Category 1 hurricane. So according to the Safford-Simpson scale, uh, a Category 1 is from 74 miles an hour to 95 miles an hour and is considered a very dangerous windstorm that will produce some damage. So the definition, well-constructed frame homes could have damage to roofs, shingles, vinyl siding, and gutters. Large branches of trees will snap and shallowly rooted trees may be toppled. Extensive damage to power lines and poles will likely result in power outages that could last for a few to several days. Yeah, because you're going to get gusts over 74 to 95 miles an hour. You're going to get gusts to over 100 miles an hour, but but what they're measuring is the sustained wind. Right, the one-minute sustained wind. And that's why you'll always see when people, like on the TV or whatever, they'll say maximum sustained winds 80 with gusts to 100. So don't, you know, they, they... even though a hundred mile an hour sustained would be a cat two, it's still considered a cat one because that's the thing. And that's so, like nothing we've experienced here. We go stand outside in the thunderstorm. It's all wind gust, wind gust. You, you don't really get that maximum sustained wind. I don't think I've ever experienced anything like, you know, watching a, a weather channel reporter holding on for dear life, trying not to get blown away while he's on TV, you know? I know it, it's it's constant. I I can't imagine, you know. And and what what we realize is when we watch these, these are our our few minute clips of these guys struggling. But when they take the camera away, these guys don't stop struggling. It is a constant hour to hour to hour right. rain, and it has to wear you out for sure. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do that. I couldn't. I don't know. And that's just a a cat one. So a couple of hurricanes from. Uh, 2016, everybody remembers Hermine, Newton, and this year, Franklin was a Category 1. Franklin. Franklin. How about that? So, let's go to Category 2. Category 2 is maximum sustained winds between 96 and 110 miles an hour. It's considered an extremely dangerous windstorm and will cause extensive damage. The definition is well-constructed frame homes could sustain major roof and siding damage. Many shallowly, (laughs) I can't say it, rooted trees will be snapped or uprooted and block numerous roads. Near total power loss is expected with the outages that could last from several days to weeks. Now we're getting a little bit stronger and... When these things come on on shore, we're not talking about like a severe thunderstorm that's only going to last five minutes. This is could be hours and hours of just relentless wind coming in. The uh, most notable Category 2 hurricane was Arthur in 2014. So we haven't had a Cat 2 hit the U.S. in, in a while. I remember. I remember. We, we, we have had quite a few since 2010. A good handful. Alex. Tomas, I remember that name. Carlotta, I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Ernesto. Ernesto, I do remember Ernesto. So I don't remember Richard, and I don't really remember Arthur, but I do remember Carlotta. Yeah, and Tomas. 
Yes, I do remember Tomas. I guess in we probably remember it because they're more unique names than Richard and Arthur. I don't know. Yeah, and Paul. And, you, <laughs> yeah, know, <right. laughs> you know, those. Okay, so category three. Now we're getting into what's classified as a major hurricane. Sustained winds of 111 to 129 miles an hour. It'll have devastating damage with this type of storm. Uh, definition would be a well-built frame homes may incur major damage or removal of roof decking and gable ends. Many trees will be snapped or uprooted, blocking numerous roads. Electricity and water will be unavailable for several days to weeks after the storm passes. That's what Superstorm Sandy was. Was it Cat 3? Category 3. Man. Now, what is it? Is it a major hurricane, just a major Cat 3 hurricane, where they automatically retire the name of a storm? Because you you don't have, say you have, you can't have more than one Katrina because Katrina was the Katrina, the storm. They, they, they usually, they've regenerated the names throughout the years, but right. after it hits major status and does so much damage, they take that out of the pot and don't use that name again. Yeah, I can't remember if it's a major hurricane or if it's a hurricane that makes landfall. I'm uh, I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the the, the, the strength or the something the, the damage with that. Well, with our continuing uh, coverage of what hurricanes are, Corey, there's something for you for next week. There we go. <laughs> More hurricanes. Maybe we'll have another one by then. Oh gosh, yeah, Sandy and in, in 2012. Major three. All right, now we're going to get into stronger stuff. A category four, still considered a major hurricane. Wind speeds 130 to 156 miles an hour. This one will have catastrophic damage. By definition, well-built frame homes can sustain severe damage with loss of most of the roof structure and or some exterior walls. Most trees will be snapped or uprooted and power poles downed. Fallen trees and power poles will isolate residential areas. Power outages will last weeks to possibly months, and most of the area will be uninhabitable for weeks or months. Yeah, so when you get under a hurricane warning, heed that warning. We have a lot of friends in Florida, and they they always say, yeah, we're going to ride this out. We've been through hurricanes. It's just a storm, and then they get in a lot of trouble. You need to evacuate. For whatever reason, there weren't any mandatory evacuation for Houston. There there wasn't, and I was reading on that, and and the mayor said, uh, I was reading, where the mayor said that if they had issued a mandatory evacuation that would have been more chaotic because they would have 6.5 million people trying to get out of the city and so they made the decision not to get a mandatory evacuation and for people to ride out the storm but i don't know if they realized that this type of thing was going to happen yeah i'm not sure i agree with that because you know they've evacuated or put mandatory evacuations on southern florida before yeah it's just a thing living on the coast you have hurricane routes special roads that go north everybody exactly. kind of knows and, and and you do have a little bit of warning beforehand you know there's something brewing in the gulf yeah yeah and i i think the reason that they decided not to do it was for the time frame if they it, it was too once the storm kicked up yeah. and then went in the time frame that they 
that, that the amount of time they would have to get out would have probably caused more chaos and stopped and people would have been actually in their cars and flooded stopped on a roadway as opposed to in your home where you could get on a roof i'm i'm not sure the reasoning but that's kind of what i was reading had that been a category three or category four hurricane three days earlier oh no 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 question yeah absolutely no question yeah that would that would have been on uh okay some uh category Four hurricanes. Harvey was the big one in 2017. Actually, is the big one. Let me back up there. Uh, we got uh, what's more, Ike. You remember Ike? I do remember Ike. It hit down in Texas too, mm-hmm. and we actually got about five inches, six inches of rain, or maybe a little more of that. It hit uh, in September around 2008. In 2008. Now Gustav also hit in 2008, but I'm not sure. Where Gustav came on, I don't know if it was on the East Coast. I can't remember off the bat. I'm not sure about that one. I remember the name, though. Mm-hmm. Gustav and Camille. Camille was a biggie in 1969. No, no, wait, wait. That's Category 5. Yeah, uh, Hazel. Hazel was 1954. Okay, speaking of Category 5, let's get to the top of the line. Category 5, Major hurricane wind speeds 157 miles per hour or higher uh, it's considered catastrophic damage and by definition a high percentage of framed homes will be destroyed with total roof failure and wall collapse fallen trees and power poles will isolate residential areas power outages will last for weeks to possibly months most of this area will be uninhabitable for weeks or months mm. that's crazy it is. Uh, a little fun fact on that. No Category 5 hurricane is known to have made landfall as such in the eastern Pacific Basin. So on the west, in the Pacific, uh, a, a Category 5 hurricane has not made landfall. Although, like, we, like I just said a while ago, Camille, 1969, was a huge one. Felix, uh, in 2007... And Hurricane Andrew, who hit that hit Florida in 1992. I remember Hurricane Andrew. I was in Saint, living in St. Louis at that time, and I remember watching the Weather Channel at that point. They had great hurricane coverage, and was just watching this monster storm just slice right through Florida. It was amazing. I remember watching a story on that. I was in high school at the time, and people were actually having hurricane parties as it hit. Like, they would get together, oh, we're having a hurricane party, you know, let's come on over, bring the beer, you know. So they'd all be together as soon as the storm hit. And I don't know if I'd recommend it, but... Well, a Category 5, I, I don't know about you, but if if I see a Category 5 uh, coming, I'm getting out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, sorry. I mean, I like, I love weather. I love watching Mother, Mother Nature. Now, if it was a tropical storm, yeah, I'd probably stay, you know. But when you get up into, you know, the, the major categories, cat, cat three, four, and five, that's, that's just nuts. And I was also reading a lot of people, especially news agencies, were saying, should a category six be introduced? And according to Robert Simpson, uh, the creator of the Saffir Simpson, you know, one of the creators of the Saffir Simpson scale, he says there's no reason for a category six because it's designed to measure the potential damage of a hurricane to man-made structures. So Simpson said that when you get up into winds in excess of 155 miles an hour, then it's going to cause rupturing damage uh, that damages that are serious, no matter how well engineered. Once you cross that certain wind speed, 
the wind speed becomes irrelevant because everything's already gone. Everything's going to be gone. Yeah. And it's like when you get up to a, an EF5 tornado. I mean, that is the most devastating thing, uh, especially the, the Joplin. When, when, uh, when I went to visit Joplin, oh, a month after that, uh, trees don't have a chance. Uh, homes don't have a chance. It's just everything is leveled. So when you get sustained, what we're saying, hour by hour by hour, of this 155 mile an hour wind or greater, it, it's just, it's catastrophic. There's just nothing you can do. So get yeah. out. Yeah, that's the best thing to do. And to wrap up the weather school, something I did not know about. I heard on TV the other day and I thought it was very interesting. It's called the brown ocean effect. Have you heard of it? I don't know if I want to hear about it. <laughs> well, it makes sense once I, once I read it. Okay. The brown ocean effect what happens is when you have lots and lots and lots of rain, especially uh, in uh, in southern Texas, like like Harvey was producing, and you have all this heat and a completely saturated ground, when a hurricane moves on land, they technically still have their heat and water source. Mm -hmm. uh, typically, a hurricane will go on land and it will lose its fuel, its water source, it, its heat. You'll get friction and the storm will start falling apart. But so much rain was there. It's brown, meaning the dirt. Ocean, meaning saturated, pretty much. So it's a brown ocean effect. So, so Harvey really did not... Uh, decreased that much. He went down to a, a tropical storm and stayed at 40, 40 mile an hour sustain and just kept, you know, feeding into that. Now it did decrease, obviously. Right. It was a cat three down to a tropical storm, but just sitting there and feeding those outer feeder bands were still over the ocean and they were bringing this tropical rain on, you know, on Easter, southeastern Texas, just kept feeding it. Southeastern Texas is inundated with warm water. The storm itself kept its strength something that i've noticed about harvey uh today looking at radar is when it's over the ocean it was kind of a light to moderate rain but as soon as it hit southeast texas and land it was automatically heavy rainfall it just it was like a mm. barrier it was the strangest thing i've ever seen a weird phenomenon it was yeah. strengthening as soon as it went over the land so man and that's where we're getting these 40, 50-inch yes. rain thing. And another interesting thing by watching radar, and what I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, the worst part of it is on that eastern and northeastern quadrant. If you looked at the west part of Harvey, there was hardly any rain at all. Right. I mean, everything, <laughs> it was crazy. It was like pulling it up on that counterclockwise uh, motion, pulling it up, going over Houston. It was raining out. And by the time the wind bands got back around to the southeastern part of the storm, there wasn't hardly any rain at all, mm -hmm. which is crazy. So now this thing is going on. We will be watching this closely over the next few days. Uh, like I said, the models are kind of getting in a better idea of where they want to take Harvey, but this storm has been highly unusual for the whole the whole thing. So there you go for the Storm Dart Weather School. Woohoo! So what's it time for now? It's time for our weather myths section. And we're going to do something a little different this time. What you got, Corey? Well, I've got uh, a weather myth around here somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Too many papers. Actually, I'm going to start... I'm going to do a, a regular weather myth and two Facebook weather oh, myths. Oh, okay. Yes, Facebook. I'm glad we're doing that. The uh, 
reason I'm doing, we're going to start doing some Facebook weather myths because you know how things spread on Facebook, right? I mean, it's pretty crazy sometimes. And everything, you got to believe everything on Facebook. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, especially during hurricanes and, and catastrophes, people are posting pictures of different things coming in from Houston, like sharks swimming on the interstate. You're, you have alligators and crocodiles in, in people's yards and walking down the, 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 the road. Guys, these are fake pictures. They are not real. They're posting pictures of uh, gas stations selling gas for over $8 a gallon. And people are, are saying, oh, never go there. They ought to be turned into the authorities. Well, folks, that gas station has never even been opened. It's still under construction. That's just, you know, the, that's just the default value on the sign, 876, when they turn it on. It, that gas station is not even open. So you, you have to kind of think before you share Exactly. And I wish more people would do that. I mean, I've seen uh, people even uh, shared stuff with us before and we look at it and go, no, that's not It doesn't real. take long to do a little research oh, online yeah. before you hit share. You know, either go to Snopes or even Google it. But th there are certain things that people just share over and over and over again. And the people who take those pictures and post them initially are just doing it for the likes and shares. That's all. That's it. Yeah, and, and I, I wish they wouldn't do that. And that's one thing that we pride ourselves on here at Stormdar. If we get a picture or see a picture, we research it. We research it, make sure it's real. You don't see us share a lot of stuff. And if there's a question, if, if you see one of these posts, um, ask us. You know, message us, email us with the picture. Let let us figure out if this is real or not. Because Sometimes those Photoshop jobs are great and they'll trick oh, yeah. us too. Oh, yeah. But there are certain things to look for, you know, mm -hmm. on a Photoshop picture, if you know what you're looking for. So, yeah, just think before you share. Do a little research. And, and, and if you are still questionable, send us a message. Send us an email. Yeah. Stormdarweather at gmail.com. Yeah. Yes. You know. Ask us if that if it's real. We'll, we'll research it. Yeah. So that was one of my Facebook myths. Not really a myth, but kind of a some wise advice. Yes. Let's talk about flooded roadways. Okay. Uh, is it okay to ever drive through a flooded roadway? Uh, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. What's under that water? No one knows. Is there still a road under that water? We don't know. Uh, and it only takes, you know, five or six inches to disable your car and start moving it off the roadway. And then you're in a creek. Uh, there was actually, I just read uh, earlier today, a, a Houston police officer drowned while in his car today, marking the 15th uh, death in Houston. Oh, my. So it is never okay to drive through a flooded roadway. He actually got turned around and didn't know where he was and got swept away. Oh, so. man. All right. We're going to do another Facebook myth that I've seen floating around the... Uh, the Facebook. Okay. And I can't tell you how much this drives me insane. Okay. Because I've seen several of my friends post it 
over and over and over again. And then you have high school kids posting it or junior high kids posting it. Now, they don't know any better, but us adults should know better than... than uh, well, here it is. It says uh, the Earth's going to experience 15 days of darkness in November. Oh, you're kidding. 15 straight days with no sun. Now, this has to do with the alignment of Jupiter and the sun. going to block out the sun for Earth. (laughs) And people are buying this. People are sharing it. People are saying, oh, this is going to be so cool. Well, darn right it's going to be cool. It's going to be freezing cold if that ever happens. Yes, if the sun doesn't shine for even one day... Okay, think about when the eclipse happened. Absolutely. When that eclipse came over, it was, what, one to, to two and a half minutes of total. There were some places that dropped 10 degrees. So if the sun doesn't come out, the temperature is just going to keep dropping and dropping. And that's just one day. So there is no possible way. If that were to happen, <laughs> it would have been the biggest news story for the past 100 years, we would have had a countdown to November of 2017 when the Earth experiences 15 days of darkness. People would be building shelters for and indoor farms, and it's unimaginable what would happen if this actually would ever happen. We would have, we would basically, uh, you know, the dinosaurs, oh, yeah, the asteroid, they, you know, blocked out the sun and. Look what happened to them. Yeah, it's just... It wouldn't take long. Well, bottom line, it is not going to happen. Don't post that. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't share that. Don't keep sharing it. It's, you know, research. Research what, you know, you see these things, research it. Don't say, oh my gosh, this is cool and think it's real. Nine out of ten chances is probably not real. Does it sound too... too uh, bizarre. If it's bizarre or crazy or if it... Makes you think, what are we going to do? I better hit share and warn all my friends. No, you don't, you don't yeah. have to do that. And, and like you were saying a while ago, Photoshop is so great now. I mean, they have Photoshopped this with NASA behind them. So people are actually believing NASA is well, saying Yeah, the picture of NASA it has to be true. Well, right. But, <laughs> but NASA did not, did no, not no, put no, this no. out. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Oh, so. okay. We've been on our soapbox on this. This is good. Do you got another myth or wait that's till it. That's, that's all it. That's it. Well, the, yeah, this is crazy. Do your research. And like I said, we will be more than happy to, to research anything for you. We love it. We have been glued to the computer with Harvey and watching models and stuff. We love this kind of stuff. I just want to throw out there, you know, there are ways to help with the American Red Cross. You can donate online. You can donate through Facebook. Just make sure they're they're legit. Yes. You know, Facebook's legit. American Red Cross is legit. I don't know about GoFundMe because there's, you know, individual accounts there. But right. if you donate to a certain uh, entity like Salvation Army or whatever, you're going to do some good. Uh, I heard Branson today is actually sending some ducks down there to help with the rescue effort. Oh, so I awesome. Throw that in. They're actually sending two ducks and a crew 
And those boats would work really well during their rescues because they can go on land and water. Yeah, they're amphibian. I, I, I worked at the showboat for six years, and one of the duck ramps uh, was right next to the showboat. And it was really cool to see these vehicles just rolling on the, on the road. And all of a sudden, it's like, here we go. And they just go right in the water and then take off. It's really cool. So I'm glad they're doing that. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our post to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. So join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. <laughs>